Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to another version of Now and Then with Glenn. My name is Glenn Williams, and we've carved together this, this special segment called uh, Counselor's Corner. And the reason we did that was because we were kind of getting sick and tired of listening to the, to the, the doom and gloom. I, I actually have friends of mine who are telling me they're afraid to go outside because it's so disastrous and so dangerous out there. So we sat around in the newsroom and decided, you know, we wanted to talk about some of the more positive things that are happening in the city, what goes into being a great Bostonian, you know? So uh, we, we kind of put that message out to our great city councilors, and, and a bunch of them have jumped on board, and I can't tell you how proud I am to have uh, Councillor Gabriella Coletta here with me. Thank you for coming in, Councillor. I really, really do. Thank you for having me. No problem. Listen, um, is, is there any benefit to being the District 1 Councillor? We have, so I represent East Boston, yep. Charlestown, and the North End. Yep. We have a beautiful district that is flush with environmental treasures. Yeah, Like our, our waterfront. Oh, boy. Uh, our Belle Isle Marsh in East Boston. My district, and I know that my council colleague from District 3, Frank Baker, will maybe disagree with me, but my district has a majority of the coastline in the city of Boston. Oh, that's debatable it, It's him, debatable. Huh? <laughs> I think we got to get a measuring stick out there and actually figure out who has the most waterfront. But my district is, is waterlocked, and we have such a beautiful shoreline. We have yeah. some of the most beautiful vistas yep. of the downtown area. East Boston will used to be a, a hidden gem. More yeah. folks have caught on to the fact that East in Charlestown <laughs> yep, is, is, is absolutely incredible and, and breathtaking. Is it Charlestown as well? Yep. Yeah, okay. So, you know, my job right now is to protect, maintain, and enhance that as best as I can. And so there's a lot of work that's going into creating a waterfront that is not only resilient mm -hmm. from climate change, but also making sure that it's inclusive and accessible for everybody. Great. Now, you've actually gotten in, into, into a partnership for some time now with, with the New England Aquarium. Yes. Yeah, so, tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Yep. So the New England Aquarium is my former employer. Oh. And I'm so grateful uh, to them. They hired me following my tenure as chief of staff for my predecessor, then councillor, now senator, Lydia Edwards. Uh, and I was their external relations manager. Okay. And my, my job was to unlock the waterfront, let everybody know that the waterfront is yours to enjoy. We all share ownership, again, of this environmental treasure. And so utilizing the New England Aquarium's location at Central Wharf in downtown Boston, uh -huh. Utilizing the fact that they are an iconic uh, anchor institution in the city of Boston um, and really letting folks know that uh, the waterfront is theirs, but also that climate change is real. And I know this is a, a very positive discussion, Yes. but letting folks know that they um, have a role to play in solving our most persistent problems, which is coastal flooding and storm surge. Sure. Well, you know, I think that it's positive to let people know that it's in their in their ballpark too, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that it's important for everyone to recognize that and to work together towards a solution. Exactly, you know? exactly. And the waterfront really, it shouldn't be for anybody who is just of a socioeconomic status, mm. right? It should be free. There should be programming for everybody in multiple languages, for families. And so this is the work that I've taken from the New England Aquarium and brought into the city council. This is my top issue in addition to housing affordability, yeah. excellent education for our schools, and just government that is efficient and effective. But really making sure the waterfront is for everybody is, mm -hmm. is my top priority. Now you're a Boston Latin Academy person? Yes, sir. You are. Okay. Uh, um, 
we have them on TV in a couple of days playing some, some sport we're going to be carrying live for them. I think it might be volleyball or something. Oh, I hope it's the softball team. I'm an we're alumni do, of the softball you team. You are? Yes. You know, for the first time the, uh, in, in, in ever, we've covered this, this school year wrestling, track and field. Uh, we're going to do softball. We're going to do volleyball. We did cheerleading t competitions. So we're going to be bringing all of that kind of thing uh, to the citizens. I used to play at a place over in East Boston. <clears throat> Come out of the tunnel, you take a right at that famous restaurant. And down in the back there, I can't remember the name of it. Are some of these venues still uh, still in East Boston? Are there people that can still go out and enjoy? Uh, I know the pandemic did a lot of damage to a lot of these places. Mm. Are people recovering? I would say they are. Our, our folks are incredibly resilient, mm -hmm. uh, and they utilized our beautiful parks and open space as a respite from some of the impacts that we were dealing with due to COVID. Okay. I think the one thing that COVID did, um, among many things, including highlighting a lot of the inequities in our society, was really show us the value of open space and how open space contributes to our health and our collective public health. Sure. And so folks went down to Pierce Park. I think this is the one that you may be talking about. Yep. It may be La Presti, or it could be Langoni if you're in the North End, or down in the Navy Yard if you're in Charlestown. But folks went outside to breathe fresh air, to center themselves in some of this negativity, yeah. or outside of this negativity, and really be, be at one with the environment. And the water itself is a very calming presence, at least well, in my life. there's nothing better than the ocean breeze, you know, as yep. far as I'm concerned. You know? Exactly. I make it a point to dip in the ocean once a year, you know. Do you jump in the harbor? I do not jump in the harbor. <laughs> in the harbor. <laughs> Did you say it that way? The don't. I, I, I might have. <laughs> My accent may have come out. I, I am an Eastie kid after don't all. Don't hide it. I'm proud of it. Um, uh, is, is, there a, is there a vibrant Main Street program in your district? Yes, In the sir. North End or any of those areas? I would say that East Boston has a very vibrant um, Main Streets mm -hmm. district. And the beautiful thing about it is that East Boston has always been a welcoming and inclusive neighborhood of immigrants. Mm -hmm. So we're considered the Ellis Island of Boston ever <laughs> since the early uh, 1900s, even before that, the 1800s. It was a Jewish population that uh -huh. came. And then the Italians, that's where my, my great-grandparents came. And then now recently it's been Central Latin American folks. Okay. And so East Boston has been this tapestry of cultures and it's this beautiful, uh, diverse um, neighborhood, and I think our diversity is our strength. And so it's, it's um, replicated through the businesses that we have on sure. some of our main streets. Sure. So I'm thinking Meridian Street, Bennington Street, Chelsea Street. There's just a vast array of different restaurants and, and little corner stores that you yeah. can go to. And that's something that I grew up with in right. East Boston. And it made me a better person at the end of the day because I was exposed to so many different cultures and people and I think at the end of the day, that's what we, we strive to, to be, is just an inclusive city as a whole. You know, I was talking to one of the other councils, uh, and we were saying when we were younger, um, Boston was broken up into specific boroughs. Mm -hmm. This was a culture here, this was a culture here, this was a culture here. We've come a long way. And I think that there's a lot of neighborhoods that had identities that are now very inclusive and, and very culturally mixed. Uh, like you're talking about the restaurants and where you can go and get food and where you can, can shop and stuff like that. Don't we find that a better environment to be living in? 
100%, and that's what brings a lot of folks into communities like East Boston because they see this vibrancy that they may not see in, in other places. The seaport had one job, and that was to bring property taxes to the city of Boston. And a folk, that's fine for some folks, and yeah. there's a lot of new development that's there. But people see the character of, of places like East Boston, and they value that, and they're trying to, to foster it as, as best as they can. Granted, with this new growth that's happening in this community, there's displacement, there's gentrification, and so we have to be really intentional about how we're planning for the inclusion of folks while also welcoming more people in. Right. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you call it that, that uh, East Boston has gotten this reputation of being the Ellis Island of the city of Boston because uh, <clears throat> of all, the, all of the groups that are involved, involved in there. How can I put this? When, when you're having an event and, and your, your Main Streets is going to do uh, tree lighting or whatever's coming up, whatever the city is doing, is there, is there a devoted effort to make sure that all, the, uh, all of the population is represented? I would say yes, uh, certainly on behalf of the city, and I have great state partners and state rep Adrian Madero and mm. state senator Lydia Edwards, my former boss, to ensure that we are being intentional in reaching out into different communities. Um, in East Boston in particular, uh, the Latinx community is so strong and, and so resilient, they lift each other up. Mm -hmm. And I, we really don't have to do much to, to mobilize. Um, they are already there in wonderful uh, organizations like New Bay and Central Presente and Green Roots. They're already doing work to mobilize folks and empower folks to be involved and to get involved and to give back to their community. And so we have strong organizations already doing this. And then the fact that the city understands this and partners with them, and my office certainly tries to partner with these organizations, it comes together in, into this beautiful orchestra of, of just people loving their community and giving back to their community. And then on the flip side, you know, in, in the North End and in Charlestown, they really feel like they have uh, taken care of their own in a way that is unique to them in, in their neighborhood. And so they're, they're self-resilient mm -hmm. and self-reliant. And folks come together in a unique way, especially yeah. in Charlestown, where you don't have to ask for help. People just step up and, and do it for you. They see the need and provide it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And now the city is taking a really equitable approach of how they disperse resources and bring people together and, and partner with community organizations. And so there have been strong um, uh, organizations already doing the great work in Charlestown and the North End, and it's great to see them flourish as well in addition to East Boston. That's great. You know, uh, it, it, it's important. You, know, you are representing a couple of different kinds of communities. Oh, yes. You know, and I, I find it's like, it's like when I was talking to Councilor Bach, you know, she's got this, the Beacon Hill Cats, she's got the West End, you know, all of that kind of thing that, that, uh, do you, is, there a, is there a problem with communication sometimes? I would say within the neighborhoods, yeah. for sure. My district is so unique where I have three distinctive neighborhoods, mm. whereas some other counselors, it's one part of this neighborhood and another part of yeah. another neighborhood. Yeah. And so it is separated just by district lines. But my district is just East Boston, Charleston, and the North End. That's great. And the intercommunication within the district, um, quite literally, it is a bridge and a tunnel too far. And Literally. so I am trying my best <laughs> as city councilor who, who, you know, I have a 30,000 foot level view of what's going on. I'm trying to connect more folks together. 
I'm utilizing this position as city councilor because you are the closest elected official to the people yes. to try to get folks to, to give back to their community, to get involved, to be involved in, in neighborhood cleanups, to service our seniors, to foster our youth, mentor our youth in any way that they can, not just in their own neighborhood, but across the district. Right. And so last year we had a, a summer of service initiative, which we're going to be doing again and just trying again to, to bring people together in different ways. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a unique position to be city councilor where you really should be everywhere, you should be accessible and responsive, but I want folks to be accessible and responsive to one another. Of course. Um, sp speaking of the, those younger citizens, um, you had the unique opportunity to, to have a mother who was driving you and, and, and uh, who was part of that whole, let's develop this, let's get, let's, Let's be a community person. Let's build our community. Someone who is outgoing. Someone who is bringing people in. How are we doing that with our younger citizens these days? Is there are there some programs out there? Boys and Girls Club, YMCA. I dig that, yeah. you know. But I mean, are there are there people that are thinking about our younger citizens that are saying, we want to get you involved in this level, you know, so that it's it's so you can make some decisions and make some impressions. Yeah, and thank you so much for bringing up my mother, too, mm. by the way. She is a, a huge driving force in my life. She's the reason why I'm involved in, in all of this work. Yeah. She was a community activist, uh, parent organizer. She was the one bringing me along to civic association meetings, neighborhood meetings, Great. neighborhood events. She even brought me to protest against airport runway expansion back in the 1990s. How close was it coming to the house? Oh, very close. <laughs> we, we have that flight path over our oh, house now. So wow. that was the one. And we breathed those ultra-fine particulates and all of that. So we tried. We fought. We, we really did. And that was where I understood grassroots, the power yeah. of grassroots and the yeah. power of community. People's kitchen tables, the, the local donut shop. You know, exactly. that's where you're meeting when you talk. Exactly. And that's, I became fascinated with this idea of this, of our collected voices and how we get our voices at the table of power and in the halls of power. And so that's the reason why I'm, I'm in this work. And so it's really imperative to be doing the things that you mentioned, right? Bringing kids in, letting them know that they have their own voice. Right. It is extremely powerful when kids show up to a community meeting and demand better of the adults. Yes. And there's, this actually happened over in Charlestown. Uh, the Bunker Hill housing development is the largest public housing development in New England. And that's over in Charlestown. Um, and the kids realized that they were left out of the conversations in the mm. negotiations. And they're the ones that are going to inherit the development and the decisions made by the adults. Right. And so we saw this as, when I was chief of staff uh, to then um, Councillor Lydia Edwards. We realized that we needed a youth seat on the impact advisory group. And these are the folks that are at the table making the decisions of what this community was going to look like moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so we gave the youth the opportunity to define their neighborhood. And it was really impactful, really powerful. And a lot of those youth organizers moved on to have leadership positions within that organization. It's called Turn It Around in Charlestown. I want to give them a shout out for the great work that they do. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing. And once you show kids that they have the power to define their, their neighborhood or define what happens to, to their life trajectory or their neighbor's life trajectory, they something snaps. Right. And they, they become uh, obsessed with it in the same way that I did when yeah. I was younger and my mom was bringing me to these meetings. So right. we have to be creating these opportunities and always thinking and, and being intentional about having folks who are younger than 18 or, or even younger than 25 in the conversation. They live here too. You know, and I think that it's important to, to... I was told when I was a kid, oh, you're only a kid, you know. Yeah, do you vote? 
<laughs> you yeah. <know? laughs> you give me your vote yeah, when you're stuff, 18? Stuff like that, you know, but I think, I think that in, impacting their, the, their feeling of responsibility by listening and going, oh, I didn't see it that way. I didn't look at it that way is, is strengthening, is, is empowering. And they have some of the best ideas, too. Sure. They're not pessimistic. They haven't been in bureaucratic meetings where <laughs> they just hear no, no, no. Yeah. As a leader, it's, it's incumbent upon me and then my partners in the private sector to move past some of these barriers, these regulatory barriers, wh whatever it is. But these kids come in and they say, why don't we just do this? And it's almost like a light bulb goes right. off. And right. It's like, well, why can't we just do that? Right. No, and that, that is a perspective that we desperately need in a lot of these conversations. Right. The kids, see, the kids have, have a different environment than I did. You know, they have instant information. And they have access to instant so solutions mm -hmm. and instant ways other people have done things and stuff like that, you know. If I didn't read three newspapers when I was a kid, I would have not come even close to, to, to what kids are getting today on their phones. Um, that's obviously impacted how communities work these days. Uh, what's being used over there to, to make sure that people are being informed and that people are kind of, you know, in the loop type thing? Mm -hmm. I mean, when the farmer, do you have a farmer's market? We do. So when the farmer's market comes out, is, is someone kind of available to help people through that whole process? Yeah, and again, I'm so happy that you brought this up. The farmer's market in East Boston is run by the East Boston Neighborhood Health Center. Oh, really? And yes, and it's through this health and wellness initiative. They're, they're thinking healthy communities really stems from um, healthy, nutritious foods and thinking about social determinants of health. And so the East Boston Neighborhood Health Center puts on these farmers market. And my sister, who is someone who was not involved in this sort of world or in the political sector, she's totally removed from it. She let me know about a farmers market that was taking place and the way that she found out about it was through social media. Okay. So social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, these are all powerful tools. Of yeah. course, it can be a tool used for... you got to be careful. Yep, you really have to be careful about what's being put on there, and it's, it's driven this mental health crisis of teenagers. However, it is a tool to disperse information quickly yeah. into a, um, a broad swath of individuals. I do have to say, too, that in East Boston, folks in the immigrant community are really utilizing WhatsApp, and being included in some of these text changes is, is the only way that I could describe it. And dispersing information that way and getting mm. information out quickly is, is something that is emerging. So we're trying to look through our options as an office, but no matter what we do, the outreach that comes from us has to be bilingual. It has right. to be in both English and Spanish. Yes. And we have a large population of uh, Moroccan brothers and sisters, and yep. so including Arabic in that is important as well. That's great. Okay, I'm gonna put you in, in the machine. Um, we're, we're, <laughs> the machine. We're, we're lifelong Bostonians. What are we looking at 10, 15 years from now? Of course, my brain goes to, to something bad and, and a problem. No, I'm not letting you do that. <laughs> Council, I'm that's, not going to let you do that. That's my whole job is to... Is I to, want you to say we're going to host the Super Bowl and the uh, Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have to say, so, we, I mean, we've always been a strong sports community. My, my father's a huge Red Sox fan, Celtics, Bruins, Patriots. There is a move to get the NBA All-Star game. I know, isn't Councillor Worrell? Councillor Worrell has, has put that, that. forth. Uh, I think he that's, was on, too. He's, he's excellent, and, and I really guy. enjoy him being my colleague. And so I think that that's a great idea. 
Uh, I am the chair of the Arts and Culture Are you? Committee in, in the city of Boston. How do I sign up? Well, you can let me know exactly what you want to hear, what you want to eat, what, to, what sort of art you want to see yeah. in your community, because these are all things that we're trying to fund right now. Right. And I really see arts and culture and music and dance and food as the vehicle to vibrant communities. Yeah. And so really putting money into that and helping our community uh, benefit organizations or nonprofits who are on the ground doing this work, like the Veronica Robles Center in East Boston, fostering them um, in their work is going to be important. Um, I want to thank you. Uh, it's, it's great, even though you didn't tell me about 10 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a horrible question, and I, get, I, I, and I get grief from it every time I say, how can you ask somebody what's going to be happening in 10 years? Can I, can I answer you in, in two sentences? Fire. Boston is going to con continue to be a beautiful, vibrant community where we foster the arts, culture, music, dance, food, and everybody is living a healthy, wonderful life in housing that is affordable and not having to worry about the shoreline coming to their front door. Beautiful. That's perfect. You know, there is an open invitation Thank for you. you to come in. You know, I mean, a lot of the other programs, it's come in and talk about this issue, talk yeah. about that issue and stuff like that. But if your office comes up with something you just want to get out and you want people to know about Give us, give me a call. Thank have, you. Have them call my, my number, and and we'll rush you in, or somebody from your office if there's a specific thing you want to talk about. Uh, it's an open invitation to the city council. You know, I mean, all I was was all I was doing was sitting in the audience at the council hearing this morning, and Councilor Bach goes, "Oh, there's Glenn Williams. Come on down and say a couple of things." <laughs> Thank you. She put you on the spot right away, and, and I. I never disappoint, so I try not to anyways. Counselor, thank you. Thank you so much no, for this opportunity. Thank you for coming in. And like that like I said, that open invitation is standard. Anytime you got you know want to be able to come in and get get on with something, please let me know. I appreciate it. Thank okay. you for this beautiful conversation. No, thank you very much. Listen, that's it. You know, Councilor's Corner, this is what it's about. It's about bringing our city councilors, the people that are closest to you, the people that are, that are fighting for your, your benefit, fighting for your, your housing, fighting for your communication, fighting for all of these really groovy things that you need, you know, that makes, makes life living in Boston and being a Bostonian great. Listen, get out there and do something artful for yourself, please. And we'll, uh, I guess what? We'll dig you next time, okay? Bye now.